Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. here when because my system is so complex because there's multiple computers and stuff in it and it's a variable speed system so my duct system unfortunately when we hit setup got clean because as soon as we turned it on what that carrier infinity system does is it actually turns on high and then it measures the back pressure in the system and it balances the system automatically between the zones. But it actually blew two of the vent covers off the floor. It's around the house. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where things that happen like our Instagram getting hacked, it's talked about. (laughs) Right, Caroline? Oh my gosh. So we just got everything set up on Instagram. Everybody was liking us. It was going great. And all of a sudden I get this like bogus message, which I couldn't even interpret it if it was really Instagram, but it throws me into this rabbit hole where it says, enter your passcode. You've been compromised. You've basically tried to um, publicize your uh, Instagram account with illegal activity. And I'm like, we did not do that. We don't do that at all. We don't do that. We do not buy any kind of likes. That's not our gig, though some of our competitors do. We'll have to say that. Well, and I I will say, and we don't have any proof of this happening to us, but that is something that we have seen happen between like YouTube guys and other Instagram people is that somebody will go in and do paid likes against their competitor and take them down. So I've seen this happen before. That might have been what happened here. So we don't know, but we got this message and then it sent me into the rabbit hole and it says, enter your pass to get your new passcode to get back in. And you do this and then it sends you a link to like your email, your phone number or whatever. And then you try to get back in and it just sends you back to the message again. So (sighs) it's looking like we're going to have to have another around the house show. And it stinks because that was our handle. But um, yep, which we can still like us there, but. Yeah, we're well, not, we can't communicate. We'll get that. I think if we don't get this figured out in the next week, we're going to end up. Uh, and of course, like anything, like we talked about in Saturday's show, like it's like getting a hold of Google. Once you get a hold of somebody, it's tough to get a hold of somebody to fix it. So exactly, exactly. It's, it's an impossible one. You'll message, and three weeks later, they get back with you. So it's it's a slow, slow process. But we'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> Give us a minute or two. We'll get it knocked out. Man, we had a fun show this weekend, though. Oh, yeah, we did. I mean, Andrew Guido is like an amazing guy building all of this wellness and all these incredible. He's trying to build healthy homes. And for any of you, there's no standard, right? We we hear about lead. We hear about um, the Green Building Council. But in reality, there really isn't a healthy home standard. And you can put anything into a home. I mean, we have a few standards like lead, we have radon, we have some asbestos standards, but overall, you can put any products into a home and there's no regulation. 
So yeah. go ahead. It, I was going to say it's crazy. And asbestos is one of the worst ones because <laughs> like here in Portland, for instance, talk about a standard that needs to be figured out across the country here in Portland, for instance, if I take a load to my landfill, which is what they call Metro here. It's a Metro waste. They're the ones that have all the, the city esque run landfills. And so if I take something down there, if I have material that is from before 2004, I believe, I think they just changed it to 2004, might be 2002. Either way, if it's before that, I have to have it asbestos certified. So here's what happens. If I have drywall from 1999, cause I have a 1999 house I'm remodeling. I have to pay for an asbestos survey to come out here before I take down flooring, drywall with texture, roofing, any of these things that could be asbestos containing materials because they didn't just outlaw asbestos in 1977, but then I can go across into another state and I can throw that asbestos in my trash and nobody's oh going to say anything about it. Oh my God. Not good. It's crazy. No. So houses, and I've learned this over the years and Eric will attest to this as well. You can put anything into a house and do not assume that your builder, do not assume your home improvement expert, your contractor, builder, whoever is using the best products and that they're safe. They're just not. So you really have to be your own best advocate and also educate yourself on what's in products. And there's a lot of great people out there to help you. I mean, there's obviously people like me and Eric, but there's other great consultants and we'll have, I think in the future, we'll have them on the show to talk about what are good building products? How do you know the quality? How do you find something? Is it the MSDS sheet or your safety data sheet? Like what's the best way to know what's really in your products? And, and Andrew talks about that and he talks about this process of how they're trying to actually create healthy home and or yeah. a, a wellness home, correct? Absolutely. You know, and I know a lot of great builders. Uh, I've got one that we've had on before and I'll see if I can get him on again too. That's just a, he's just a custom home builder. But for instance, with him, even though the standards aren't there, he doesn't put OSB, the oriented strand board in his yeah. houses. He's like, it's junk. I don't use it. I, agree. I only use plywood period under the roof on the shed they build out back. It's just not allowed in his houses. Well, and, and people don't realize with OSB, there's breathing problems with it, um, moisture transfer issues. So when you build these houses and they're more energy efficient and they're tighter, you save on energy costs. You save on, you know, how much you're paying for air conditioning and heat. And that's a positive. But the downside to it is that the moisture isn't able to get out of the house. So you'll see a lot of this new construction with major moisture issues, just condensation, things growing in the bathrooms and the toilet tanks. Um, and having really bad mold problems. So, you know, there's trade-offs to everything, balance. It's a yin and a yang with anything in life, but also with building construction. Well, and here's one of the harder parts with it too, is a lot of these new homes that are built with panelized construction, the SIPs and that kind of stuff out there, where it's the OSB with the foam and the mm -hmm. OSB on the inside, it's still OSB. You know, and that's some of the, some of the more green, higher energy efficient buildings. And so there's a big debate that hasn't happened yet that needs to happen with this to one, get us more energy efficient homes and healthier homes and still keep building costs down and how to manage those things together. And the OSB side, like to defend them, right? They will talk about that they've drastically lowered formaldehyde levels in the OSB, right? They've mm -hmm. made the product better. They've made it able to withstand a lot of this weathering. Because, you know, when the OSB came out in the, I guess it was like 
late 80s, nine, yeah. early 90s, that time when we really started to see OSB in building was, it, it may have even been later than that where it was substantially used, but um, you know, it was laden with formaldehyde. You could smell it. I mean, when they were putting it up on a house, when we were out in, in the field and we were looking at like, you know, a building site, oh my God, it stunk. Yeah. And then the house stunk and it has a sweet kind of aroma to it. And, you know, it's just not healthy, but they've made a lot of changes. So we should actually have like an OSB or an MDF company on to kind of talk about the changes that have happened with their lumber and how they've improved it. Right. And, yeah. and give their opinion versus plywood and see how. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, it's interesting. The, the problems you can have with some of the stuff at the same time nowadays, I think with, you know, some of the carpets and some of the flooring has higher formaldehyde outputs than even the, the OSB does now, you know, so you end up chasing that around the house a fair amount. Yeah, the carpet, um, actually, believe it or not, they took formaldehyde out of the actual carpeting itself. So, but where it, where it originates from or where it rears its ugly head is in the padding. So yep. people go, oh, okay, well, the carpet's good. It's a nylon, no more formaldehyde in it, but then it's got the padding underneath and the padding can be highly toxic depending on what you put down. So it's like these little caveats that you have to kind of pay attention to. You know, you think you're doing something good. And I'm and I'm not opposed to carpet, for example. Like people mm -hmm. say to me, oh, you're a healthy home expert. You should only like wood. You should only like, you know, tile, ceramic tile. I don't agree with that because what if you have a 65-year-old person living in the house um, and they're older and they've got, you know, mobility issues? You don't want someone falling. You ever fall onto tile? You break a head. You break a leg. Right. So you have to look at the house and then you have to look at the person and sort of orchestrate what's going to be best for that person for wellness. Cause wellness is so individualized. What Eric needs is not what I need. Yep. So that's where this building industry can get really kind of cool, right? Like we could start yeah. building for like personal preference instead of just track housing. And their styles, you know, like you'll see in Southern California or Florida, you'll see homes built with ceramic tile everywhere. You know, it's just, it's in the living room. It's in the kitchen. It's, it's literally everywhere. And then you get up, you know, in the Northern States and Hardwood. People go, yeah, it's, they go, ah, it's too cold. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And it you is. Know, I mean, you put, you put tile on the floor and it's like super cold, you know, and when you get the winter temperature, so your feet are freezing. Yeah. That's why in my tile in my house where I have tile, I have heated floors. Radiant, radiant floor. Radiant floor heat, you know, but. Now, do you have a lot? So we have a lot of issues here because people put radiant flooring in and they use the water tube system with like the pecs, right? And oh yeah, putting, no, mine's electric. So, yeah. So we have a lot of people who go with these PEC systems. And let me tell you, you break one of those tubes under there with water, game over. We saw houses, I think that was like what, like maybe 2000 where they started putting that in the flooring. And yep. we saw so much water damage and a lot of claims because of, you know, these pipes would break in there. Well, the problem was back then they were using kind of the early version of PECs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where they had the defective crimpering system back in the day and yeah. the fittings and the crimperings mm -hmm. were failing. And so you had that nowadays, the PEX is so good that you just don't have to worry about those things happening. So, you know, it, out where I'm at on the West coast, um, using water to heat things just doesn't exist. You know, I mean, so you there don't are have some what? steam boilers I mean, are steam rare. Really? I, I can say in my last, 10 years of remodeling homes, I've probably seen one or two boilers. Now, why is that? Because you'd think in the Northwest, I mean, you've got colder temperatures. I mean, you're, you're very, your climate is very similar to the Northeast. I mean, it is, you know, we yeah. kind of have run the same temperatures. You're a little cooler, a lot more rain. 
But typically, I would find it that you would have more hot water baseboard systems there. But I mean, California, you know, Southern California, no, 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 of course not. But but you, I'm surprised that they don't have them out well, there. Well, part of the reason is is because electricity has been so cheap historically here in the Northwest. So when you're using gas or oil to heat water, um, you know, it's much more expensive to use compared Hmm. to electricity. So you might see a a house built in the 1920s, you know, that has it. But you got to think of the West Coast, though, as being such a new area up here in the Northwest. Most of the homes were built 1930s on, 1940s, you know, most of the homes in the area were built post-World War II. So at that point, that was one of the least effective ways to do it. They went with forced air. They went with a with a, a furnace versus, mm-hmm. you know, an oil furnace. Yeah. It was all air. So you, you saw much less of that. Um, and, and radiant, you know, baseboard heat that's water here is super rare. I see that in old homes that's still working. It's, it's, it's one out of a hundred. That's interesting. Yeah. So you see, based on where you are in the country, you're going to have different houses. And that's why, you know, like, especially for me, I have to work with clients all over the the country. And then of course, you know, internationally as well. So they're going to have all different systems that I kind of have to be aware of, which gets kind of funky, but so do you have a lot of, do you have baseboard electric heat? I mean, do you have a lot There's of electric heat? There's a lot heat of baseboard electric heat in uh, older homes and homes that are more apartments. I bet you in my metropolitan area here that 60 to 70% of the apartments are baseboard or forced air room heat. Like are you the running cadet heaters and stuff like that? Are you running gas or a heat pump in your house now? My house, <laughs> I've got a gas furnace and of course, electric AC. Okay. So, so you, so you are running natural gas. So you're running yeah. for that air system. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm running that. Um, and I like the heat. I, I, I just love the heat of natural gas. I love that natural warmth to me. I can tell the difference and I would rather have it. That's, That's so funny. Me. And I, so for me, I prefer like a baseboard heat system with steam. Cause it's just this even, you never get that blast of cold air coming on. And then the blast of air coming off where you're freezing hot, cold, hot, cold, it stays consistent because of the convection and the way the heat just slowly adapts into the air, into the, into the air. So I love but it. See, I, love- I like, I like the air filtration of being a healthy home person myself. I like the filtration of the air. <laughs> yeah. But the Boom. thing is when you, when you have, I'm going to disagree with you. Because yep. when you have a baseboard system, you don't have as much debris being expelled, pushed through the system to have to filter. So what happens is it's you don't, you know, that forced hot air push throws dander, dust mites, mold, all that stuff into the air. And then, of course, your ducts can become a contaminated mess of, you know, if you're not maintaining it, that just yeah. gets shoved out. See, at my house, for instance, this is a great example. I noticed the other day because the dog's been playing hard and and everything else. I walked into the house from the from the from my garage and I'm like smell a little bit of dog. You know what I mean? It yeah. smelled like dogs in the house. And and I have a very sensitive nose. We've talked about it before. You have so three just, now, right? Three? Yeah, we got three. Yeah. So. Yeah, so and so I reached down to my phone phone. I hit on on my heating and cooling system and just turned the fan on medium for about three hours. Smells gone because I nice. have I have all the different, you know, multiple systems in there. 
and Julie came home four hours later and goes, oh, wow, the house smelled so much better. What'd you do? It was clean. <laughs> yep. No and more I went, wet dog. Well, it just, I, I just turned on the fan and let the system clean the air. Yeah. You know? Well, that, well, you have, I mean, look, if you just had a traditional forced hot air system, which a lot of my clients do, and they put sure. in a typical Most blue, people have it. Right. The blue basketball filter that catches nothing. But Eric's got, he's got air scrubbers. He has UV light. He has some carbon. <laughs> so he's got, you know, if you're going to have forced air, that's the system to have. But ultimately, most forced hot air systems are stinkeroo. And the reason they are is because they just blow the dust and debris all over the place and people don't clean out their ducts for 15 years. And then you go in there and you're like, holy hell. And yeah. walk- I mean, you got to clean your ducks, people. You have to do duck cleaning. Like if you have pets like Eric, you really should be doing it every one to two years. Um, it was so just- funny uh, on my house here when, because my system is so complex because there's multiple computers and stuff in it and it's a <laughs> variable speed system. Yep. So my duck system, unfortunately, when we hit setup, got cleaned. Oh, nice. Because as soon as we turned it on, what that carrier infinity system does is it actually turns on a high and then it measures the back pressure in the system and it mm-hmm. balances the system automatically between the zones. That's cool. But it actually blew two of the vent covers <laughs> off the floor, the metal vent covers off the floor <laughs> and blew up. I had construction debris from 1977 Hell. that was out. I had a, I had a plume <laughs> in the house around every duct and I don't have any carpet, so it wasn't that big a deal to clean up, but it was just everywhere. It forced out every little bit of debris out of that system all at once. It was a hell of a mess. I wonder what CFM you had going on in there. Like when we send duck clean, cleaning companies in, like you want to go with a NADCA certified duck company and that's N-A-D-C-A. Yep. Don't go with like a guy that shows up and says, hey, $99.95, it's a coupon. We'll come clean your oh ducks. Oh my and gosh, t- you're so right. <laughs> And I actually, I also prefer to have that duct cleaning company that's certified to have them associated with a heating and cooling company so that that they know that they go, Ooh, you've got a problem here. Let's get our guy over here to fix it. Yeah. Well, the, listen, when I go into homes before, like if someone contacts me and they say, look, I want you to do an environmental investigation. The first two things I say is get a healthy home monitor, get, I want to know relative humidity and temp. And if you yep. can't, get it off your nest or you can't get it off your Ecobee, then you got to get like an Accurate system or something, right? That's the first yep. thing. The second thing is, guess what? I want to look-see in those ducks. I want to know what's actually going on in there. That's like a colonoscopy. It's like if I come over to your house and I do a colonoscopy <laughs> of your house, I want to know the intricacies of your building structure. So I have companies that work with me and I say, call them, have them come stick a camera in your system, and then we'll mm-hmm. know exactly how clean are your ducks, what's going on. That's like the heart and lungs of your See, I know my system came back and told me that I have 9% air loss in my duct system. Uh, It knows that there's 9% of air loss in leaky joints in the system of the house. That's so cool. So I know it. Now, I could go through and, I mean, most of the stuff, all those air leaks are within the walls. So I don't have a lot of places that I can go in and actually, without tearing open drywall to fix it. But I could go through and do AeroSeal or one of those things where it uses that that glue to, yeah, to clean nah. that up. So I know you haven't really looked into that stuff much, but we were talking about it. But I could go through and do that. That would gain me another 9%. But the funny thing is with that system is that it, it, 
already accounted for it. So it's, it has accounted for that. So I don't know if I'm going to have that much of a gain because it's already, you know, putting that extra oomph in it to account for that air loss. So it's already working correctly. I want to come over and put a camera in your ducks. I'm going to see. There we go. I want to do a colonoscopy in your house. I think it already did, or at least let's put it this way. It did the, by putting the system in and blowing it all out. I'll call that the colonoscopy prep. The colon cleanse. <laughs> it's the cleanse. <laughs> Eric's had the cleanse. Now we need to, now we need yeah. to go in with the scope and see what's it's, happening. Yep. Now it's ready for the, for the scope because it's had the <laughs> He's cleanse. primed and prepped. <laughs> Sorry for all you eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner right now. I'll listen to the show. <laughs> they're like, wait, what happened to food? These guys usually talk about food. Now they're talking about colonoscopy. Cleanse, and by yeah. the way, <laughs> if you're 50 and over, do get your colonoscopy just for wellness, right? It's time. So if you're yep, over 50 I got my old, clean bill of health and I'm 50. <laughs> so uh, make sure you do the same. Make sure yeah, you no. do the same out there. <laughs> we need all seven of you listeners out there. So... <laughs> We got to have every one of you listen to the show. So also we can't make it six. That's a big drop in listeners. So please, we want to keep all seven of you out there. We're talking to you. We're talking to you. Well, look forward. We've got new stuff coming up. We do. We got new stuff coming up. All right. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around Around the the House. House. We'll be right back after these important messages. Hey, it's Eric G with Around the House. Are you looking to grow your business? Need a spokesperson for your company? Maybe an MC for an upcoming trade show? Or maybe you want to up your game and shoot some promotional videos? My team of experts would love to chat with you. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and fill out the contact us form, and we'll set something up. Thanks for listening to Around the House. You know two things only get better this is Farewell Angelina, and you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. Pour gold in this glass, cause that color red never looks so good. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. We've been talking home improvement today like we do every single week. Hey, Caroline, we've been diving into kind of just a rant on duct cleaning and keeping that house ready for fall, right? I mean, the weather's changing across the country. and We're giving these guys like everything they need to know about a house in an hour. That's why we have to bring them like secondary entertainment. Like (laughs) we have got musical guests coming up, though. We're, we're, you know, we've got some things in the pipeline, guys. We're just improvement, though. We can give you everything in a matter of a minute we can give you everything you want oh i'm <laughs> coding lyrics <laughs> honey you know the names people you can find oh sorry <laughs> see there we go we're getting off into that rant again well but we can we can do yeah. this because we've got home improvement nailed so like we can like spit it out to you guys in an hour and then we can give you some fun that's what we ah, absolutely you know that's the good now part. let's do this <laughs> yeah, let's just get it done. Like, just get the houses fixed so we can partay. You got it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
Well, that's an interesting party sound. <laughs> Maybe that's your party. I don't know. <laughs> With that steam shower you got. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. Party in Eric's bathroom. Exactly. Passing out without the lip. We can just oh, drag him in. <laughs> yep. Drag me in there. You got it. You got it. Well, we were talking about Dutch cleaning. One of the biggest things that that people forget to do, and and this was funny. You brought this up during the break, and it's so funny because – Probably four years ago, I was over doing one of our local TV segments and the host of the morning show, we were, I was pitching ideas to him about to do a couple of DIY segments. And she goes, yeah, you know, I haven't changed my filter in probably two years. She's like an amateur. My clients don't change their filters for 10 years. And then oh. they end up at my doorstep and they go, I have autoimmune disease. I have allergies. My kid can't go to school. Well, Let's just change your filters, people. I mean, it's yeah. really that simple. So let's let's talk about this. And it's one of those things that, you know, every system has its own filter. So you need to take a look and see what you got. There's the one-inch filters. There's the mm-hmm. three-inch, the four-inch. There's the custom ones that you have to order from the heating and cooling company. Yeah. There's lots of different ones, but... There's big cartridges, what we call like a four-inch cartridge media filter that you kind of slide out. It's a big looking, almost looks like an accordion when you pull this sucker out. Yeah, mine's big like that. It's got um, electronic pieces on it with with carbon that is negatively charged. So it's about a $60 or $70 filter at my house. So it's an expensive one. And that's the problem because, you know, people think you have to realize or you have, I mean, talk. you got to change filters in your um, vacuums. You got to change filters if you have purifiers, right? Like the April air purifier, you got to change, make sure your filter filter change. Um, You have to make sure that you're changing filters in, how about your downdrafts? Like for your, um, you know, or like I have a washable filter. What do you have in your stove? Do you have updraft? Yeah, I I have a regular commercial style, but I have the commercial style um, like I have the big metal, like V pieces of metal where it drains off into its own. It's a very a much a commercial style. No? Is there yeah, a it's a filter, but it, what it does is it comes up through the, through the metal. There's not a mesh to it, but it's got the, the sticks to, as it goes through and then it runs down in. I hear something. That's my dogs in the background. <laughs> They're playing puppies. We were talking about dogs earlier and that's them out there. They're, they're, uh, playing around so, inside the house. Usually that means one has a toy the other one wants. So, but you've got, you do have to change the filter in the updraft. I mean, what, what do you have to do? Is it washable or what happens with that? So they just took okay. them in the dishwasher. They're fine. Yeah, okay. But you know. th- again, maintenance. So there are a lot of filters in the house that you forget that you need to maintain. How about the two in your car too? You've got the one that uh, for yeah. the engine and then you have the in-cabin filter. Yeah, I just change. I'm a freak about the in-cabin filter. I actually change it frequently, and it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, it gets oh, really yeah. nasty. Yeah. So many people go, oh, my my air conditioning in my car quit working. Do you change the in-cabin filter? No. The what? <laughs> so that's that's so common that it gets getting forgotten. No, that and, is huge. And you get a lot of pollen and debris that comes in, right? Particulate, especially from the road. And then also, <sighs> like, a lot of cars get moldy, and that's a bad thing. Like, they get yeah. wet or they have leaks, and they're never right after that. So you do have to monitor your cars just like you monitor your house. It's very similar. Absolutely. So here what you have is with uh, with that filter, you can go down and buy that 99-cent filter. And that 99-cent filter is one of those things that really just – is there to protect the machine. It only does that. It just protects the machine. It is not getting anything out of the air for you to protect you, the homeowner. 
Oh, are you talking about, we're talking about HVAC now. We're back yeah, to HVAC. Back to HVAC, yeah, yeah. sorry. That one inch oh, yeah. filter, the cheap one, the that's got just the meshy kind of the fiberglass blue. mesh, the blue. I call it the bowling ball catcher. That thing, like if you see blue mesh run the other way, that thing could literally, Eric could throw a bowling ball into it and basically it's going through. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going right through and you got a heck of a mess because there's no, it's not getting dust. I mean, those will catch dust after they have to get dirty first. Right. And then it starts stacking up. Well, that's interesting. Talk about that a little bit. Filters, actually, when they get a little dirtier, they actually work. Their efficiency goes up. So, I mean, you don't want it like 10 year dirty, but, you know, a a month dirty, it actually increases the efficiency of the filter. So it helps you out a little bit. It actually grabs the more of the stuff because it sticks to it. So you've got this really wide mesh. Sometimes some hair will get in there and then that starts (laughs) stacking up. Right. (laughs) And that's how you get that Mexican blanket looking thing that ends up happening in there. Cause it starts looking so, so rough, but I like getting, you know, you, you got to look at filters in the Merv rating is what you need to start getting into the Merv rated filters. So you stand. Merv is hot. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give him a Merv rating. Oh, what's his Merv? <laughs> hey Merv. <laughs> he's a Merv. T- Eric's a Merv 10. <laughs> oh, he's a 10 on your Merv scale. But there is a Merv 15. You could go to Merv 15. And that's a whole other well, That's a whole blow. new scale at that point. <laughs> <laughs> we just made Merv ratings fun. Get that. <laughs> We took building science and made it cool. <laughs> it's sexy. It's groovy. <laughs> it's <sexy>. But that's <laughs> the thing. When you're talking about this stuff, you know, you gotta you wanna f- have something that's actually gonna filter the junk out of the air. And you know, all summer long where we've oh been God, having you a just good said time. Filter junk. <laughs> a filter junk. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no, I gotta come back to that. Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> 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 Merv ratings on filters are sexy. Yeah. <laughs> That's some bad beat. I like it. There we go. There we That's go. See? <laughs> More grooving it around the house. So <laughs> But Merv is serious. You need to understand yeah. what your filter is. I mean, we're we're joking around, but really Merv is like, you need to have the highest Merv rating you can, but you don't want to slow up. So think about this. If you go, well, I'm just going to put in like a five inch Merv 15 filter. It's like a bad boy. You can't yeah. do that because what happens if your furnace isn't allocated for that, you're going to slow up. <laughs> think about what's going to happen. It's going to slow up your CFM. So I'll let Eric explain it to you. Like, cause he's got a big filter, but his system can accommodate that. And you can, and you can blow up your system that way too. I mean, it's, it's not a joke, you know, you can actually do a lot of damage. So you want to make sure whatever filter you have, you want the best that your system can tolerate. So you don't want the cheapest, but you want to go, I I traditionally like the one inch filters like 3M. I mean, my clients put them in, but don't, don't change it according to a schedule. Like people go, well, should I change it every three months? Should I change it every six months? You've got to change it to according to what it looks like. Because in a month and a half in the summertime, maybe you have a lot of people in the house, you have dogs, people running around. That thing may get dirty. We got to run out to break. I was changing mine with the fires last year about every three weeks on my old system. Perfect example. With all the smoke. So when we come back, we'll talk more about getting your house ready for fall. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns.
air quality tip is brought to you by Pyramid Heating and Cooling and PyramidHeating.com. When was the last time you changed your air filter? Do you have pets? Your indoor air quality is directly affected by the amount of pollution you're bringing indoors. Pets, open windows, maybe a dirty crawl space or basement, or lack of ventilation in your kitchen can all load up that air filter. Always check your system and make sure you're using the correct filter that the system was designed for. You know, those cheap one-inch air filters are meant to protect your system and not take out indoor air pollution. Basic HVAC systems might need their filter changed every month, or if you have something more high-tech like my system, it could be every nine months to a year. I recommend that you get your best filter you can afford as the better filters take out more pollutants out of your indoor air. To thrive in the great indoors, visit PyramidHeating.com, Oregon CCB 593A2. That's PyramidHeating.com. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where you talk home improvement every weekend. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, make sure you, uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast, that you follow or subscribe to that podcast. That way it notifies you every time we put the show up and we have a new episode up. Well, Caroline, we've been talking, trying to just get that house dialed in for fall. You know, not the not the annual fall checklist show, but some of those things now that we're starting to kind of round the corner at the end of summer to uh, be ready for that fall weather. And some of it, so much of it starts inside yeah, your home. So talk about windows. Windows are a, a big one. So I love going around personally and cleaning the windows again on the outside. Cause we have in a summertime here, it's very dusty, especially when we've had a year like that. So I get the dirt off the inside. Then I like going through and making sure that I've got the inside cleaned up as well. The frames, any blinds, Aww, that kind of stuff. Aren't you a little merry maid? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> just, but I just, actually like it. I put music on and I take the screwdriver and I wrap mm-hmm. it up in like towel, you know, so you can get all, all the crevices and all the gnats yep. that gets in there. I like it. It's kind of therapeutic. Yeah, and so it's really cool to go in and just get that cleaned up because, you know, I like it. I like having the windows open. So I see all that stuff a lot, you know, and then speaking of windows open, you open that window, those window screens get nasty. Oh man. You need to take a damp paper towel or whatever you want to wipe it with. And you just wipe it down the screen. You'll see this black nest that just comes in and that gets in your indoor air quality. So I take my, one of my secrets for cleaning screens that I do is I get the Windex outdoor sprayer. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a, a sudsy Windex slash kind of like Dawn soap kind of mix. And you can put it on your hose sprayer. So I go out and set those screens up outside and I spray them down with that. And it just nice. just <laughs> takes all the dirt off them and it gives Dunk. it a release agent, you know, a surfactant to drop the dirt off of it. And it makes for a really clean window screen that way. Because you'll be yeah. surprised all the junk that comes out of that. No. It's a and that's why, like, if you open up your windows, that just comes in. That's like to having a healthy home. That is a huge thing is cleaning the window screens. We forget about them. People just don't. They do the whole window and they forget to wipe down the screen. And that's where all the dirt comes through. It's Exactly. Yeah. It's like a filter. And the other thing I recommend, too, on the outside of the home this time of year is I just did it this last weekend. I jumped up on because, again, we've been dry. So I have all these fir trees around here that have the little pine needles. So my gutters get loaded up. I've been cleaning gutters about every three weeks on my house right now because of the stuff that lands on my roof. My neighbor who has all the high end gutter guards, she still has to go up there and clean them. 
Yeah, those pine needles. Are, and then do you have a lot of, sa- like, do you have to worry about your cars getting sappy? That's what I have. Sometimes. Like, uh, I'll get sap on them if we have a tree that's infected with something. Yeah. So if there's bugs going after it, yeah, I've had some big, two years ago, we had drops of sap down that were, we had something going after the tree and it was like, literally like drops of water, but I, I spent is hours worst. cleaning the car. Sap on your car is like, there's certain things I don't like to clean and I'm pretty much like the cleaning fairy, but- that just, uh, uh, that's just, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> I, and actually my truck, I've got to go out here after we're done recording the show. I have one spot on the windshield of my truck. It's on there of sap. One spot, no else on the truck. It dropped out of the tree last week. And every time my windshield wiper hits it, it jacks it up. Nice. Cause you know, you get the streak in the middle of the window. So, <laughs> so. nice. Hey, I have a question uh, for you. This is a question I don't think I've ever asked you. So I like to learn things about Eric too. So what is your least favorite project to do around the house? Like the thing you hate. (sighs) Like it just, it's just like, you know, you have to do it, but you completely despise it. There are two (laughs) things that are tied for first. Uh I'm so interested. (laughs) I can't wait. Cleaning up dog poop in the dog one. Even with a pooper scoop, it's not like, you know, that Doesn't thing. Matter. That you- I don't have the strongest stomach for that. So, <laughs> because, you know, I have that sensitive nose about that, that, yeah, you know, I yeah. can walk in and sense that. That's where that superpower is horrible. Because it's like you're drowning in it, you know. Uh. And so that's not awesome. The other thing I don't like, and it doesn't really gross me out as much, but as you, if you have to go in and do plumbing work and you're t- taking out the traps, you know, that oh, trap where it comes out of the sink the and all worst. the nastiness in there and you're cleaning that out. That's not my favorite either. Those are no. probably the two. Once you take that pee trap off, the whole house ends up stinking like, and then you feel oh. like, I always feel like junk when I take that off and I clean it. <laughs> and my clients will say, um, I took the pee trap off and now I feel sick. I have allergies. I'm like, cause you're breathing in like all the mold and scum and like any yeah. kind of byproduct that went down there. And it, it is, that's the, that is the worst those are two of my my least favorite I, i'm gonna say it's the the cleaning up the dog poo is one and number two is gonna be the uh the 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 trap what is yours basement like when the basement floods like uh, when you get any kind of water damage forget it like yeah. i went through that so much the last couple of weeks but it really is my pet peeve because you get everything yeah. all nice and organized and here comes the mud and the sludge and the you got to clean the shop back then you got to put new filters on then you got to clean it again and So I would say like doing any kind of water cleanup and hence I do it for a career, but it's still like when it happens. Yeah, but you're not putting the gloves saying, Hey, you got to get this cleaned up. I used to though, but I I was by trade. I was a certified mold remediator first and foremost before I was anything. So you, but I guess that's the question I was going to ask. Did you actually go out and do the mold cleaning or are you, or are you managing that? Yeah, no, I was doing it. That was like the beginning of my career. I was doing actual testing and cleanup. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, brutal, it brutal. was, it was, but so, yeah. yeah, that's the other thing that, you know, besides the gutter, you know, clean up and that kind of stuff, always good this time of year when you've got a nice dry streak of a couple of days, make sure that you've got all that caulking done on the outside of your house. Make mm. sure that that caulking is done. Make sure that you don't have any water issues. My house, it's even more important because I just painted my house. So that's one of those things that I know it's pretty good. I've got one other area that I need to go back and check, but that caulking is key because that is what's keeping the water, the air, the bug, the pests out of your house. (laughs) 
Yeah, pests, like mice come in now. This is the time of year where you start to see those critters making their way in. Oh, spiders. About rats. No, remember the rats? Oh, yeah, story? we're going to talk about rats. So we got like three minutes to talk about rats. All right, this is the fastest rat story over here. So I was telling right. Eric today, I used to live on the Upper East Side in New York City. And so I used to dine. It was like a Jamaican, what would you call that? Like a, a jerk chicken kind yeah, of. Yeah, I love that stuff. Cuisine. So we were eating at a place up on the Upper East Side. And I was with a bunch of colleagues from work. This was years and years ago. And I was kicking something under the table. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I must be kicking your purse. And the girl sitting at the table looks at me and she goes, I I didn't bring a purse. I don't have a purse. I'm like, well, there's something under the table. I'm kicking it. And I go, I'm like, what is that? And back then we didn't have flashlights on our phones and stuff, right? You know, we'd have a phone, like it was just whatever. So I look under and I'm like, there's something there. And I kick it out with my foot and it's a giant dead rat. Like oh, right on one of the, the big table. wharf rats or water rats or whatever, right? Oh, it's nasty. So Eric and I were talking about rats, and he has some rat stories too. Like they're just yeah. Foul. When I worked in Tacoma up there, north of uh, you know south of Seattle, north of Portland, we had a. I worked in a in a cabinet shop, and there was it was on the hillside. It had tunnels, uh, Shanghai style tunnels that went to the waterfront. That were down in the in the lower lower basement. That was kind of the basement for the big elevator. I mean, the elevator was so big, you could put, you could take a car and pull it in the elevator. So it was one of those kind of big elevators. And yeah, they were rats that would lumber around that were the size of small cats. That's disgusting. You know, and you would try to get them going. And that was the haunted building. That was the one that was crazy. But yeah, we had the Shanghai tunnels there, which were kind of crazy too. I didn't know. Hindsight being 2020, I should have pretty cool. That is cool. But regardless, fall is the time. Rat, if you live in the cities, the more built up metro areas, you're going to be having some rat exposure. You're going to have mice coming in. So block those holes up like air. You know, a little copper too. Some kind of copper mesh keeps them out. They don't seem well, to like to eat through the metal. They don't. But what I'm using now, which is really cool, is there is some spray foams out there that have um, in them, it's got like a, almost like a pepper spray in the foam. Really? In it, and they won't eat it. And so it's a it's a pest block spray foam now. So you can go in with the pest block spray foam. It huh. gives you an insulating power. And then as well, it gives you the rodent blocking power too. So they won't come dig through that. Do you smell it? Like it like does it have a pepper smell to it? Nope. Or is it just like it's built? It's just it- impregnated in the product. Trippy. And whatever's in it. You're like, only using a little bit of it, so it's not like it's a big thing. Yeah, it's you're not just, like you're, you guys are going and like, you know, spraying the house with it. But yeah, yeah, you're trying to fill a hole in a, you know, around a pipe or something like that, or or where the cable guy drew some big holes in the side of your house or something like that, you know, that kind of stuff. That's kind of what you wanna what you wanna pay attention to is is using that stuff. And that really does a, a great job of doing that. And then check around the garage doors and stuff. Make sure that you've got the garage door shutting well mm-hmm. and you've got the seals around that and you're looking good. Well, Caroline, we are out of time. Oh, so fast. That's it for this episode again. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around, around the, the House. House. Come on.
Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.